HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're sipping on stories about how access, legislation, and circumstance affect what we drink. I think now it's really changing that there's a growing excitement about drinks that are zero-proof and alcoholic. So it just felt like kind of a very good timing. This plant's been around for millions of years, and uh, I just think that it's so special, so uniquely uh, American and pre-American, uh, that it just should have a very prominent place in our society you know, for a lot of different reasons. It is helpful to be able to sell one drink. It would be more helpful to be able to sell two or three at a time. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and also the lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with me, your hosts, Estelle Getty and B. Arthur. Yes! B, <laughs> what's cracking? Uh, you know, not a lot. Just hanging out. Being Are you alive. on the lanai? Are you, are you hanging on the lanai? <laughs> yeah, I'm watching reruns of Maud, my famous television show where a woman gets an abortion for the first time. Mm, interesting. Are you eating Fig Newtons? Do I do that? Are you doing it right now? I'm trying to just think of things that elderly women do, oh. or at least the elderly women of my youth used to do. Like I my grandmama. I love Fig Newtons. I'm a huge fan. I think they're fine. I've grown to appreciate them. When I was younger, they seemed like they were some kind of harbinger of grim death. Hmm. But um, for just me, because- the elderly food was those pinwheels those cinnamon pinwheels with pecans on the inside oh interesting homemade or like store-bought no store-bought ah i'm not even sure if i know what you're talking about to be honest i mean i know what a pinwheel is thing oh how fascinating well definitely a fig newton was a thing for us in my dad's mom's house but also those strawberry candies that had the liquid strawberry goo on them in the middle oh i love those with the wrapper Yes, the wrapper. That's a cute strawberry. That yep. was a thing. And those were good. 
Yeah, they were. I mean, like, I always thought Fig Newtons, for some reason, were, like, prune Newtons. And, the, like, they were meant to help you go to the bathroom when you were constipated. Also, P.S., do you just get constipated when you get older? Is that a thing? Yes. Why? Everything's drying up. What about if you just hydrate more frequently? Does it matter? No. Mm-mm. Is that why people eat Fig Newtons, or does that have nothing to do with it? As far as I know, that has nothing to do with it. This is all fascinating. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. Huh. How are you? I mean, I'm fine. I'm apartment hunting. The weather here was great today. That was 70 degrees today. Oh, ugh, good gracious alive. It was actually quite lovely here today, but not not as warm as that. Um, where are you apartment hunting? What's going on? Or have you found anything yet? No, it's a disaster. Apartment hunting in Indianapolis, in my mind, would be... Very simple, and I would just walk into a gorgeous pre-war building and have, you know, all these old original details and pay $7, $700 a month. But sure. the truth of the matter is that gentrification and horrible real estate practices are everywhere, especially in conservative states like mine, so I can't find anything for less than $1,000, which is really frustrating i saw an apartment today that was 725 dollars, like the apartment of my dreams mm-hmm. and it was a basement apartment no All of the windows were frosted so you couldn't see out of them <laughs> why i don't know uh well in a basement anyone, wouldn't you just see into the dirt anyway anyone in the parking lot could look down on their hands and knees and see in my apartment i guess if they didn't have <laughs> frosted windows um and then it was full of like this thick carpet like the carpet was so thick i was worried i was like if you put a table in here it's gonna tip over (laughs) um and he was like yeah it's really close to the laundry room it's right next door to the laundry room and i'm like great so you get to hear everyone do their laundry all night long and you're in the basement you can't see outside and there's like this tiny little kitchen and you guys still want me to pay seven hundred dollars for this in indiana Sounds, it sounds like uh, it has a lot of maybe like old world charm. How was the molding? <laughs> I And by molding, know. I mean the mold and the carpet. <laughs> I told my sister that I would live in that apartment if it wasn't that apartment. Like, because there's other cute apartments in that building, but they're like on the top floor. They're yeah. probably like $1,000 a month because these assholes in Indianapolis are like, even though the median income here is $40,000 a year, we're still going to charge $1,200 for an apartment. It's unbelievable. It's really happening everywhere. And in New York, where we, like, thought that, like, rent... Pre- I remember one year ago when this uh, little thing that we like to call quarantine first began, it seemed like, you know, prices in New York were going to, like, go down because everyone fled the city. But yet, miraculously, still no. I don't know. There's some kind of endless supply of rich people just uh, creeping their way with their new cockapoos into yeah. every neighborhood. In yeah, I've been looking at apartments just to see. It's gotten a little bit better. Like, you know, I could potentially rent a one-bedroom apartment for $1,600 in, like, Sheep's Head Bay. Mm. <laughs> Where before you couldn't even get anything for that cheap down there. Also, can we just talk about briefly how Sheep's Head Bay... Is that the worst name for a neighborhood you can think of? I mean, we... I just am so, like kind of cavalier about it because I grew up in New York and I'd never have even thought about it before, but Sheep's Head Bay? Well, it's, it's shaped just like, like the sheep's head. I understand. Oh, it's shaped <laughs> like a sheep's head. See, to me, it just conjures images of like 
lots of, you know, floating sheep's head, kind of like a la Godfather style, except with sheep's heads and a whole bay like full of them. The dead horse bay, which. Oh, yeah, there's a dead horse. And that's I, not shaped like together, a dead Brooklyn. horse. That's because of the dead horses. <laughs> <laughs> that is because dead horses keep washing up in the bay. We don't know where they come from. No one's bothered to check it out. No, they knew where they came from. It's like a dog food factory or a glue factory or something. I don't remember the story. Interesting. So just the carcasses. So it's just called horse body, dead horse body bay. And it was next to sheep's head bay. <laughs> I don't think it's called dead horse body bay. And then they would like accidentally like, like get together and there would be like Franken animals that were just like a horse, dead horse body with a sheep's head. And they had their own bay. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle. <laughs> Oh, my (laughs) word. This sounds like a case for Glenn Danzig on his show. I hope all of you have been tuning into Danzig with Wolves. (laughs) I was like, does he have a show? Yeah. He's still doing Danzig with Wolves after we recommended to him. Waiting to see the residuals. We have three points on that show. Anyway, Uh, I mean... So it it was a glue factory. So periodic clogging by carcasses from the adjacent glue factory... Clogging. Uh, a carcass clog. Name. <laughs> that's amazing. Where is this bay? That bay is also in Brooklyn, is it not? Yeah, that's the one that's covered in all the glass. Oh, yes. I've never been there, but I've been wanting to go. <laughs> Take your I, time. <laughs> I've been desperate to get out there, but um, I'm always doing something there. else. It's like, it's cute. There's a ton of sea glass there that I wish I would have picked up, but I didn't. Mm. that's the thing about sea glass that interests me i know some people who collect it no shame but why what do you do with it you just put it like in your in a drawer then you have a drawer full of sea glass at your house it doesn't make sense to me it's like shells you just put them out to decorate Nah, i'm not into it there's very few things that i I wave my finger at shells (laughs) from florida and they're cute you do yeah i collected all these shells from florida and then i got i have tons of shells from living in new york Interesting. I always worry about a curse. I think I heard something about how you're not supposed to bring anything back from Hawaii. Not that I've ever been there or will ever get the opportunity to go, I'm sure. But like (laughs) I've heard about getting cursed from bringing something back from Hawaii. So honestly, since then, I've never taken anything from a beach or anywhere else. I leave everything where it's at unless I buy it. It's to prevent like invasive species or something, probably not. A real curse. Well, I'm just saying you better watch out if you took something from the dead horse body bay. That that could technically become an invasive invasive species. You're gonna wake up and your whole house is gonna be covered in dead horse bodies with no heads. Mm. Just you wait. It okay, kicks in I'll about wait. ten years later. They say. I'll wait. Okay, great. They say they. the old Hawaiian wives' tale. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I made over one hundred giant chocolate chip cookies today, and I am pooped. I gotta tell you. Oh my goodness. My whole entire house is covered in chocolate chip cookies. I made some caponata. We're doing the Zaza pop-up. Spoiler alert, if anyone out there, the one person that's listening, happens to be (laughs) a patient of Zaza, decided today we're ending April 9th. So an end is in sight, unfortunately. But uh, just trying to kick it into high gear until then. Why? Well, lasagna isn't really notoriously a summer food. Right. And summer <laughs> does start on April 9th. And as we all know, everybody gets on their swimsuits and heads the down solstice. to the old beach <laughs> on the 10th of April. 
They ride their dead horse right on down to that bay. <laughs> Everybody, get on your horse and head on down to the beach. Um, I don't know. It just seems like we've had a really good run. Ryan's going away like the next week. It's like we might as well just end it on a high note as a team. And, sure. Uh, it's been great. Maybe we'll get to come back in the fall. Great. You know, Maybe one you person will. can only make so much lasagna in a six-month period. Otherwise, your hands fall off and you die. That is the Hawaiian curse. <laughs> exactly. Never take lasagna from a Hawaiian beach. No, they're like, That's if the you do take something from Hawaii, you can only make lasagna for six months <laughs> and then your hands fall off. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, Nicole, we have a very interesting topic today and... I feel like we should get into it because my story is quite long and full oh, no, of twists mine's and turns. kind of long too, but I'll speed Uh-oh. through it. Okay, I'll great. I'll speed through. Just put this on two times. Do you ever do that when you're listening to your podcast? Put it on like double time? No, it's never occurred to me before. I don't even know why that feature exists. Who would ever? That's a fucking serious red flag. You meet somebody, you think they're perfect, it's going great, and then you guys go on your first car trip together and they're listening to a podcast on two times speed. <laughs> That you have to get out of the car. I know somebody who does that. Are you fucking serious? Amanda, you know someone who does that? Who is it? It's Souther Teague on our network. Heritage Radio Network. What a... (laughs) Souther Teague. I know you. You're a serial... Now I know you're a serial killer. That's insane. If you don't have enough time to listen to the podcast, you need to stop your go, go, go lifestyle, okay? Take a breather. Go down to Dead Horse Bay. This episode is brought to you by Dead Horse Bay. (laughs) Oh my God. I know what I wanted to say. I wanted to, I had some like, something I wanted to discuss. I was listening to our podcast from last week, the cheese episode, and we get to the commercial and the fucking commercial, we were brought to you by cheese this week, by Cheeselandia. <laughs> and I just what are mention, the odds? I just want to mention to everyone out there that that was not a joke commercial. That was real. And it was like almost, <laughs> they were so into cheese that it was almost like we were doing the ad for them. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, thank, yeah, thank you know. to our ad sponsors. I don't know who we're going to be brought to this week, brought to you by, but I'm assuming that it is probably going to be Florida, which is our topic today. Our topic is Florida. I hope that there is a commercial for Florida on this podcast. It's brought to was- this. This is brought to you by the ghost of Jimmy Buffett, who I'm hoping is dead, but I don't know for sure. He's not dead. Oh, okay. My apologies, Senor Buffett. He's eating that cheeseburger in paradise in the sky. Um, so I wanted to do Florida because I was just there and it's an interesting place. So such a big topic. You can do anything really. And I decided to do key lime pie. Mm. Um, but to fill it out a little bit because there's not a lot about key lime pie because let's face it, key lime pie is dumb. <laughs> no, it's my favorite pie. <laughs> oh, sorry. How dare um, you? It's got a graham cracker crust, for God's sakes. Well, not always, ma'am. <gasps> um, so I'm going to tell you guys about a very brief, very cherry-picked history of Key West, then talk to you about Key Limes, where they came from. Why so are they tiny. Like Why are they so small? I hope you answer that question. And then we're going to talk about Key Lime Pie. Great. Okay. Okay. And, of course, settler colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> and we begin with colonialism, a history, a brief history of colonialism. Okay, so Key West. If you haven't been there, get over there. Drive, don't fly. Um, 
It's four miles long, but a mere one mile wide. It is the southernmost city of the United States of America. It is 95 miles north of Cuba. If you go to Key West, you can stand next to a sign that says the southernmost point of the United States of America. And surprisingly, very many people choose to have their photo taken there. A lot. I Um, think I have done it. As... Shockingly, shockingly to no one, uh, the people who originally were living there were Native American, and they got pretty early on, got tossed right on off, like in the 1700s. Um, but their tribes were the Calusa tribe and the Tequesta tribe. Hmm. Sorry, I'm probably saying those wrong. Um, but when those pesky conquistadors from Spain came around and then they started fighting with Britain about the land. I think in that time, the Native American population was kind of just pushed right on off there. That's terrible. Um, the Spain and Britain kind of traded it back and forth without really doing anything with it. Um, but they were like, Spain was like, here, Great Britain, you can have this in 1763. Um, and then eventually it became the United States. There was probably like a war. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> mm, no. the Spanish called the key, the bone key. They call it the bone key in Spanish, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> Ooh, because like the bone collector. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because it actually is an Indian burial ground. So it was used as like a communal burial ground for people. All of so Key West? Yeah, I mean it's only four miles long and one mile wide, so that's it's very big. spooky. It's not. It's like there's so many bigger graveyards than that. You know what I'm saying? I guess, but I've always, you know, uh, obviously now we know that I'm one for superstition, and mm-hmm. uh, as we earlier learned about my fear of Hawaii, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've always been told that doing anything on top of an Indian burial, a Native American burial ground, is bad luck. Uh, yeah. I mean, as poultry guys told us, like, don't build a housing division there. Absolutely. And if you do, you better dig up the bodies and not just say that you did. Okay? Yeah. Um, okay. So from 1763 to 1821, nobody lived there. They kicked the Native Americans off. It's remote. You know, you can't, you know, in this time, you can't get there unless you're on a boat. Um, and at this point, it's also, like, technically not really part of the United States. Um, Nobody lived there, but there were a lot of smugglers hanging around in the smugglers' coves doing smuggling. I don't really know what you would be smuggling in the early 1800s. Rum? I don't really know. Horse bodies. Um, Swashbuckling. What's the difference between swashbuckling and smuggling? Swashbuckling is sword fighting. Is it? I think. Interesting. That sounds like a, seems like a misnomer. You think that would be (laughs) sword buckling? I could be 100% wrong. All right, anyone out there? Every single one of the Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Right. Anyone out there who has experienced swashbuckling, please write into the show. We want to hear from you. Yeah, send us a letter. Um, So there were smugglers and wreck salvagers. So apparently, so many ships have wrecked off of the coast of Key West that it's actually good money to salvage the boats. Um, And that was a thing that, like, some of the earliest wealthy residents of Key West, that's how they got rich. Whoa. So, in 18... Then a couple of guys got the island. They sold it back and forth. One guy sold it two times to two different guys, and they had to fight to see who get the title of the land first. And then they still didn't do anything with it. 
Um, so in 1822, some rando military Navy guy just like sailed over there and put a flag in it. And it was like, this is part of the U.S. now. And nobody <laughs> argued. So that's how it became part of the United States. <laughs> it used to be so easy. Yeah. You- well, once you kick off the native people, smooth sailing. Right, no pun yeah. intended. <laughs> um, so then let's fast forward to ye old Civil War. Um Florida joined the Confederate Army because they're down in the South. Unsurprising. But Key West stayed in the Union because the naval base was there. Oh, wow. That's cool. It is cool, except for the fact that most of the people that lived in Key West were for the Confederacy and shut. They flew their Confederate flags and they got mad at the Union soldiers. (laughs) Interesting. Florida uh, is still part of the Confederacy, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough. It is. Um, in, so then, you know, the South lost the war and everything was still, it's still like Florida itself wasn't really, there wasn't a lot going on down there. People weren't really, it didn't start getting really settled until the twenties. So Mm. there's just like, you know, 25 weirdos who are super into tropical weather when you still have to wear 3000 outfits in the 1800s. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I'm just trying to picture people being in this tropical climate but wearing all of their 1800s outfits. I'm just like, that's so uncomfortable. No one would want to live down there. That's really funny. Today, I, I'm listening to uh, re- rereading or whatever. I'm listening to Joan Didion's The White Album, and there's a part where she talks about Hawaii, actually, and what the Grand Hawaiian used to be like in the 1920s, and she was just talking about all the people who used to go there. And I was thinking that exact same thing today. I was like... Were they on the beach in, like, suits in Hawaii? Like, did anyone swim? Like, I don't remember what... I know it was around the turn of the century people started wearing bathing suits, but I'm not sure exactly when. I, I nobody knows. People in, like, wool suits on the beach in Hawaii, stealing things, cursing themselves. Also, it's... Yeah, I, nobody knows. It's literally impossible to find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Moving on. Let's move on. We'll never find the answer to this. So, people started developing Florida. I guess they started developing in the in the... 1900s um a little bit and this guy flagler i think his name was decided to put a train all the way down into the keys in 1912 so that's when the keys really started to take off and a bunch of you know white dudes went down there and started buying up all the land and there was a development boom but it's really funny because basically in the 1926 there was a huge hurricane that destroyed like everything including the half-built houses and stuff so um a lot of people just left and (laughs) just left their half-built buildings there and so it was like this big wave of people came down there hurricane destroyed everything everyone left and just sort of left it that way right Um, they're like we paid 21 cents for this like we don't really care yeah so um the train was down there in 1912 it lasted through um 1935 when the hurricane of 35 came through so they had a lot of hurricane problems back then not like Mm. today Mm. um and it completely destroyed the railroad and they just never rebuilt it because the the road the highway had been built in 1930 so they're just like whatever dude who cares about this railroad it's stupid Mm. Um, Did the railroad go over? You know how there's that, like seven mile bridge. There's tons of bridges throughout the Keys. Like I guess the railroad had to go over a bridge. This is a stupid question. Obviously, the, the railroad had to go over a bridge, but it just no, seems it went like underwater. So much work. Oh, the underwater, <laughs> the, uh, the underground railroad too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't terrible think joke. I'm that. so sorry. It's, it's not the funny. underwater. It's the underwater railroad. <laughs> the underwater world railroad. 
Um, Which, like, is weird that the ocean even messed it up during the hurricane, but it did. So interesting. But yeah, it was. It did go on a bridge. Some of that bridge is still there. If you go down, there's like a seven-mile bridge. You can see the remains of other bridges on the sides of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Um, so yeah, everyone's like, who cares? We all drive cars now. Um, and then Hemingway came on down there um, in 31, and he stayed until 39. So he was only there for eight years. I thought he was, like, always there. Papa Hemingway? Did you see when you were down there any Hemingway cats? We did not, but we did go by his house. We swung by his house. (laughs) You just stopped and popped by his house for a drink. Anyone who doesn't know, a Hemingway cat is also called, like, a polydactyl cat. Um, I'm not even a fucking cat person. Don't ask me how I know this much about cats. But these Hemingway cats have six toes. Mm-hmm. They're freaks. So it, also, there's some controversy about whether or not those are actually Hemingway cats. Because <gasps> Hemingway's son claims that they never had a cat when they were growing up. And Uh-oh. Hemingway was only there from 31 to 39. His ex-wife continued to live there until she died. Um, but the neighbors had polydactyl cats. So it's mm. probably, I don't know, a combination of the neighbors having them. But... Whatever. It's probably not Hemingway's cat. Sorry to destroy the the mythos. The thing I've always wondered about these Hemingway cats, it's just cats that, like, they say he owned the polydactyl cats, or did he he knock up a cat, and that's why it became genetically mutated, and then (laughs) they have his Uh, DNA. The jury's still out on that. Nobody, the Supreme Court hasn't decided whether or not. Right, we'll never know. Again, there's no way to find out. Yeah. Um, and so that's my history of Key West that I stopped in 1939 when Hemingway left. <laughs> <laughs> and then yada, 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 Jimmy Buffett coming down to Margaritaville, RIP. Um, um, but basically the Keys are really interesting because they had their, they had a renaissance in the 70s. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So things happened in the 50s, a lot of those bungalows and like there was a lot of tourism going on down there. But it wasn't really the... It kind of just, like, fell off. And then in the 70s, the gay community was instrumental in going down there and, like, restoring the old beach houses. And, you know, Key West is obviously very gay-centric, gay-friendly. They had that AIDS memorial there. Mm -hmm. Um, And because there were so many people from the community affected by AIDS in the 80s and... So, yeah, it's just, it's a really interesting story. If you're interested, I would do some research on the Keys. It's, or actually, the whole of Florida is really fascinating. They also drain the Everglades to horrible ends. And it's really hilarious to watch dudes try to, like, take over nature to make buildings. Um, <laughs> and Florida is just a great example of that, I think. Uh, agreed. I think that Florida is endlessly interesting, too. And I'm being completely serious. We shit on it a lot as a joke and some of it's warranted but it's a very cool and interesting place too definitely okay so key limes yes so small what is their deal um littler than regular limes so they're originally from malaysia (gasps) and they were most likely brought here by those pesky conquistadors Uh um just trying to destroy everything um poisonous limes but so interestingly, there's this information that just sort of exists side by side on Wikipedia and with no explanation. So Wikipedia says that they were brought here by the Spanish when they were bringing things to the West Indies. Um, 
But at the same time, there's this random horticulturist dude from New Jersey in the 1800s who's credited with introducing the key lime to Florida. So he was like, they were like, hey, can you like go down to some tropical place and see what crops will grow well in that climate since we have access to all these other tropical areas now because of colonialism? And he's like, yes. And so he goes down there, kicks some Native Americans off of their land, gets a little house together and like starts basically just, like, testing crops to see what will grow in Florida's climate. Um, So it's probably both. Maybe the Spanish brought over a couple of them, and then he made, I don't know, who nobody knows. Wikipedia And we'll never find out, like most other things. Um, I think that the trajectory of the key line from Malaysia to Florida is interesting. So they, and the fact that they know this is also interesting to me. Um, So it started in Malaysia. Then it went to the Middle East, then it went to North Africa, then Sicily, Ooh. then Andalusia, and then from there, the Spanish are colonizing the West Indies, and then they include Key West in that sort of clump of islands, basically. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, in Sicily, there are limes, which I always thought was weird. I was like, yeah. why are there limes here? And now well, they I came know. from Malaysia. <laughs> well, well, now I know. Like most things, they came from Malaysia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, key limes took hold. People started really getting super into them. They were just, they're, because they were hardier and they tasted better than other lemons at the time, before that, people were just like, limes are weeds. Um, really? Cut them all down. Yeah, only eat lemons, but then <laughs> this happened. I love limes. Yeah, they're great. Have you ever had um, a key lime? Like an actual key lime? Like a little baby? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're delicious. Very delicious. Um, but they, so they, it got so big, they were actually key lime plantations in Florida, which is awesome. Mm, great. God bless them. And then the hurricane of 26, I told you, that destroyed other parts of Florida, also destroyed every single one of the key lime plantations. So instead of replanting key limes, they replanted Persian limes. So they were once oh. ubiquitous. But now they're actually very rare. The key lime is in Florida and the Keys. So, yeah. um, why after, I wonder? Because they're just bigger. They replanted Persian limes because they were hardier and mm. easier to pick. Because key limes actually have thorns. Ooh, ouch! Ooh, sassy right. little key lime. Yeah, <laughs> picking them is like not that fun for the Don't people who me. worked on the plantation for free. You know? Yeah, of course. Although this is 26, so I don't really know. I guess slavery was illegal. Who knows what's going on? I hear plantation, I think slaves, but I don't know what the deal was. Um, so, so yeah, after the, that, they didn't really have a lot of key lines. And then after NAFTA was signed, it really all does go back to NAFTA, you guys. Um, there are no commercially grown key lines in Florida at all. Really? Only the key lines, for the most part, that you're getting commercially in the United States are from Mexico. Oh, how interesting. You know, I really rarely see a key lime. I don't know that I've seen a key lime around here. And around. I haven't <laughs> seen a key lime in a, quite, in a dog's age, which is what, yeah. seven years? That's probably there the last time I saw key one. Lime, there are key lime trees around in the Keys, like in people's yards mostly, mm-hmm. but there's no commercial production. So they haven't right. gone completely extinct, but they're rare. Um, and 
Yeah, so they're they're grown. All the key limes are grown in Mexico. And if you want to find out more about what NAFTA has done to Mexico, read this book: Eating NAFTA, Trade, Food Policies, and the Destruction of Mexico. Okay, guys. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I would love to read that. Yeah, they talk about how NAFTA has completely changed the diet of Mexican people. It's pretty interesting. Slash, it is interesting. Yeah, NAFTA is no good. We're finger wagging at you, Bill Clinton. (laughs) Okay, now let's lighten it up a little bit and talk about key lime pie. Please, I wish you would. So this snarky uh, woman that I was reading, she said. Unlike apple pie, key lime pie is the only pie that's uniquely American. I thought that was pretty funny that she jabbed at those mm-hmm. American is apple pie people. Those people um, are silly. The traditional recipe, according to her and Wikipedia, is key lime juice, sweetened condensed milk, and egg yolks. Obviously, there's millions and millions of variations on this, um, but that's the base. There are two things main theories about how key lime pie came to be nobody really knows for sure it's one of those things that just was around and nobody wrote it down for a long time Mm -hmm. um because they're busy like on an island with 35 like hoop skirts on um um, but so there's a man named william curry he's one of the big first super rich dudes down in key west he was um a ship salvager he's florida's first self-made billionaire and they named him Rich Bill. I don't know how they got that name. How creative. (laughs) And he had a cook named Aunt Sally who was famous on the island. And they say that she didn't invent it. She definitely didn't invent it. But it's possible that she's the one who perfected the recipe from fishermen. Um, But more than likely, she probably just knew the recipe for lemon icebox pie and used key limes instead because they were all over, like, just laying in the street back then. (laughs) People are just fueling their cars with key limes, just like pushing them in the gas tank. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're a menace. Um, <laughs> and then the other theory is, which I feel like the theory kind of goes in conjunction with the other one, but that sponge fishermen in Key West, it became a booming industry, but they would the sponge fishermen would have to be at sea for like a super long time. And so they had small amounts of rations, and their rations were sugar eggs, canned milk, soda crackers, nuts, and key limes. So they think that fishermen invented this pie but i think it's hilarious to think about like hardcore fishermen in the 1800s making a pie on a boat i don't fully right they all put on like their aprons and their very tall chef's hats (laughs) they're like (laughs) like water splashing onto the boat everyone's like like, do you even have an oven on a boat i don't understand swashbuckling i read this too actually and the way that i read that i interpreted how they cooked that pie was that they would leave it to just bake in the sun and the sun would bake it. Oh, okay. Like a so raisin in the sun, but it's a pie. Exa- <laughs> like a key lime pie raisin in the sun. Um, so basically everyone's just like running around making this pie in Key West and the first person <laughs> didn't write it down until the 1930s. Um, interestingly, the reason why it used condensed milk rather than regular milk, fresh milk, um, is because until 1930, when they built that highway, there was no ice and no refrigeration on the Keys at all. Oh my gosh, that's wild. (laughs) So people are running around wearing 50 layers, there's no ice, there's no cold milk. I don't even know, they said there's no fresh milk, but I'm like, there's probably like a cow or two down there that they got there on the train, right? I mean, how interesting, like, how 
I don't know. I mean, this is a whole nother topic. We should do refrigeration as a topic because it's so curious to me how you could be vacationing down there. I can understand if you just like are from there, but if you're choosing to vacation in a place where you can't keep anything cold, it just seems so curious. Well, this is, you know, before 1930. So I don't, it wasn't a huge vacation destination. The keys right. weren't. Well, I yet. mean, Hem- when, when did Hemingway go down there? In like the 31. 40s? He's like, as soon as the roadway got built, he's like, okay, I'm down there. Right. Well, now we know he didn't, he didn't use ice. You've been outed. <laughs> Papa Hemingway. No, he got ice because the, they got ice in 1930 when the road was built. Oh, so he, he moved got ice as soon yeah, as there was ice. Someone sent a telegram, and they're like, there's ice on Key West. Get your butt down here. He drove <laughs> down there in his Studebaker and made himself a frozen mark. History. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, basically... Nobody really knows what how it came about. They say that every single restaurant in Florida serves key lime pie, which I think is potentially an exaggeration. It sounds um, like an exaggeration. That can't be true. Everyone, <laughs> call us Florida I, restaurants. We let us know what's exactly what's going on. What's the temp? This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So I was just going to ask you, what's your, like, when you think of Key Lime Pie, what is your iteration? Well, how much time do you have? Um, no, I think of it <laughs> simply with a graham cracker crust, of course. Look, here, if you are going to approach me with a piece of Key Lime Pie, I better have a graham cracker crust. Otherwise, I don't want to have anything to do with it at all. I'm okay, not sure. I'm not sure uh, that they make it without a graham cracker crust, but you alluded earlier that that's a possibility, and I don't, I don't care for that um, it interpretation. Is a possibility. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Also, Third. I went on a date, and I feel bad, but like, I went on a date to Steve's. I went on a walk with somebody over the summer, and they were a very nice person. But they took me. I really hope they're not listening. I'll feel terrible. I'm sure they're not. If they are, they they're a masochist or a sadist. What is it when you hurt yourself? <laughs> 
You're a swashbuckler. Oh, if you are, you're a real swashbuckler. But it took me to get like a Steve's key lime pie on a stick. Yeah, in Red Hook. Yeah, that was coated in chocolate. And that's not for me. No offense, oh, Steve's key lime pie. coated in chocolate? It's Those frozen little... on a stick covered in chocolate. Like the pie itself oh. is tasty, but like, hey, I don't want to be eating a, a whole individual frozen pie in the middle of the day. And B, <laughs> it was covered in chocolate. So the moral of the story those, is if you want to date me, don't do not do that. That's not where I want to go. I thought that those were just like you got individual little key lime pies from there. I didn't realize that they were on a stick. Some of them are shoved on a stick and dipped in chocolate. And, you know, people will take you on dates there and expect you to eat a whole fucking pie in front of them. <laughs> I don't get it. That's also Again, like this person for was very a nice. first date. I feel like that's too, like, that's too much. Like that's it's too much. Too like cute. This, is the, this would happen in a movie. Like we have exactly. to go somewhere that does something cute that people would like to look at in a movie. But in real exactly. life, you just go out for a drink to make sure that you can stand to have a conversation. Correct. What was that that show where like on MTV where people would go on like different dates that they would plan? I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe it was singled like, out. Maybe it was singled out. I think that is that what they did on that show. I think they would go on different dates. I can't um, even remember. What's the one where they would go on dates with people? They would like film the dates, and it would be so awkward and crazy. I but think it was like that's a, singled out. No, it was like a, there was like a, it was like a talk show. I had the dating game. I'm not sure if you Jenny <laughs> McCarthy call into the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what I felt like I was on. I was looking for like a hidden camera somewhere. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Eating a fucking key lime pie in the middle of the day. Again, the person was very nice. It's just I'm not I'm not interested in eating a pie on a stick at, at uh, 1 p.m. Anyway. Oh, I'm thinking of boiling points, which was... Boiling point, yes. That's yeah. different, though. That's not about dating, is it? Oh, I thought it was dating. I think it's just about being annoying. I think it's about being like encountering a pest in society. Right, this isn't the one I'm thinking of. Also, the one I'm thinking of is from the 90s, where you, you have a person there, and they go on a date with three different people, and they're he is anyway whatever that's what we'll i'm thinking too and i think it is we'll report back on the next show anyway when i think of key lime pie obviously i think of graham cracker crust whipped cream on top duh problem solved Not, what about you no meringue no meringue 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 boomerang <laughs> boomerang i um i am not an aficionado of key lime pie i think what i think i realized while i was researching this is i think part of the issue is i don't really like fruit and cream together like i don't like a creamsicle and i don't like <clears throat> you think lime is fruit though not really it's i don't know yes <laughs> not really fruit a strawberry is a fruit a lime is a citrus but anyway go ahead i hear you i smell what the rock it's, is cooking a it's citrus is a fruit <laughs> <laughs> it's citrus isn't its own thing <laughs> it's fringe it's fringe fruit peach is a fruit a lime i don't know it's not really a fruit to me <laughs> It sounds like it's a fruit to you, so that's fine. I see your I see your truth. It's not to me. It's to everyone on the planet. So you're saying you're not really a orangutan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I think waiting. I've only had. Um, I think I've only had killing pie a handful of times, and I also don't get down with the graham cracker crust that much. I just I'm don't. Come on, expand your mind. Look, I'm going to make you a key lime pie for your birthday next year, and I'm going to watch you eat the whole thing in front of me. Why my would neck. that? Why? Because I have been forced to do that, and I'm going to now force it on to you. You're going to we'll love like, it. We'll go for a walk, and I have to eat it with a fork while we're walking around. Yes, exactly. But in under five minutes, because that fucking shit melts. So well, here it's also going to be, yeah, and my birthday's in August, so it's going to be, that's a reality show right there. 
I went on this date in July and this thing is melting all over me. Again, the person was very nice. If you're listening, I don't want you to think that I'm chastising <laughs> you, but this was yeah, an unpleasant experience like for me. A huge disappointment. You're walking around eating something on a stick in the middle of summer, but the inside isn't even like that cold. Yeah. Because like, it's not ice cream, it's pie. Exactly. And here's my main problem. And Steve also, if you're listening, this has nothing to do with you. Your pie was very tasty. But like... I don't like to be forced to like eat something in that way at like an off time. That I know makes me particular, I guess, but like You don't I, like to have a snack? No, that's not a <laughs> snack. That's like seven hundred <laughs> calories of pie. <laughs> it's a fucking snack. You're it's like, not like grabbing a we beer. We don't even know if we like each other or not, and you're forcing me to eat seven hundred calories in front of you're you in the hot sun. Exactly. You're forcing me to like just to tell me what I'm going to do with my calories during the day, and and also not my even calories, like just my appetite, right? So like now it's whatever one two p.m. I'm going to eat this whole fucking pie on a stick. I can't choose to get like a t- like look ice cream, folks. If you're out there thinking about a perfect date, ice cream makes sense. Someone can say, oh, I want to get a little ice cream. Oh, it's sorbet or whatever. Yeah, uh, you wanna... can also get key lime pie flavored ice cream. You but know? a whole, you're forcing someone to commit to this like big endeavor. It's filling. I don't know. Then what if I had dinner plans and I have to cancel because I had to eat this fucking key lime? It's big. It's like, it might even be a thousand calories. Then that's not well, even we don't the point. Even, we don't even have time to talk about this, but I simply must know. How did he, he just met you on the street and he was like, we're going to go to the pie place? <clears throat> kind of. I'm going to do my story next week so we can expand upon this. We'll make this Florida one a two-parter. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, like we, it was one of the only internet dates I've ever had. I'm not really much of an internet dater, but over the summer, it occurred to me that, you know, why not try some, why not try something new? I also tried wearing socks with sandals. It was a freaky, freaky summer. Um, I should do that. In. I'm into that. Can you jump in? Of course. I wish you would. Please. What's up, yeah, Amanda? Zara, I feel like I'm in a very, very similar position as you. Oh my I God. Are you, very, let's hear I it. a very similar um, story, actually. Maybe I, it was uh, the same person. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I highly doubt so. Um, but I had gone to brunch with a friend before I gone on a, a internet date, as he said. Uh-huh. And um, this guy, he was just—I already told him, like, dude, I had brunch. I am full AF. Like, I cannot eat. Uh-huh. For some reason, this fool still wanted to eat. I'm like, what part of like? Do you not understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So what happened? He took you to like, you came from brunch. Then where did you go after? To a second brunch? It was, it was so awful because it wasn't, because he wanted to get ice cream. And then I think his entire plan was like Mm. to have a, like a meal date or whatever. Yeah. But I was just planning, I don't know, just like coffee, tea, you know, like keep it chill, man. But he wanted to have one meal and I was just like, this is terrible. No, that's not good. Look, you don't want to have to sit down with someone you don't know and choose food from a menu if you don't know if you're going to have a good conversation, because if the conversation stalls, then you're stuck eating with them. Yeah, you don't want to plan any. Also, here's the other point um, to both of you and to everyone listening. You don't really want to plan too much on a first date. Keep it very simple. If you happen to be walking by the key lime pie place or wherever the fuck this guy took you, go ahead. But you you don't want to plan someone else. You know what I'm saying? Without conversing with someone you don't know, you're planning their meals. It's just, it's not right. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's not just right. Podcast. 
That should just be a podcast on like <laughs> bitching about bad internet dates. Absolutely. Or I was I thought you were gonna go, Amanda, saying you should just sit and listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so for our date, I thought we could sit and listen to this fucking weird podcast about uh it's supposed to be about food, but mostly they talk about movies and <laughs> Florida. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, also, the internet says that those Steve's Key Lamb Pie only has 400 calories, so you're fine. I mean, look, it's not about that. I, did, I <laughs> felt like he, this guy was bossing me around by forcing, force feeding me a key lime pie in the middle of the day. Wait, so, but like, okay, so you guys went on the date, you met outside your house. Yeah. And then as soon as you got outside, he was like, we're going to go to Red Hook. We went on a date to walk, like take a walk through Red Hook. Also, he brought his dog, which That's was nice. It was cute. The dog was cute. The dog was great. But the whole thing just felt like a lot. Like, a lot. like what if I'm afraid of the dog? I don't know. Whatever. The dog was very... I, obviously, I love dogs. I'm dating a dog now. Um, <laughs> baby dog. Butter. <laughs> My love. Anyway, we'll talk about butter in a second. But, uh, yeah, we just went on a date. We went on a walk. And it wasn't like... It was fine. He was very nice. And we had a good conversation. But I wasn't really feeling it. He's like, okay, well, now we're going to go to the Key Lime pie place and i was just like i just wanted to jump into the water and swim away <laughs> it he for said, some reason now me- we are gonna go like he was like do you want to go grab well, a yeah, pie I think, I think he said that but at that point what am i gonna be like no like i don't know it's too awkward to say no i wanted to run away <laughs> i have this is why like uh this is why i don't internet date because you should have been like i'm allergic kind of i'm allergic to the wood that's in Popsicle sticks, and so I can't eat any food that's on that <laughs> I'm definitely allergic to popsicle stick wood only. <laughs> Something about it does not agree with me. Which, that reminds me, what is what is the wood in a popsicle stick? We need to find out. Is it sustainable? I don't it's know. Cedar. We, should do an, we should do an episode on that. We should. Okay, we have a couple of episodes to do now. Popsicle sticks. I don't remember the other one. Horse bodies? What was the other thing? Your other next, your story that you planned for today. Yeah, that will be next week. Um, uh, yeah, anyway. dead horse bodies, do they exist? <laughs> An expose. When you cut a horse head off to put it into somebody's bed to frighten them, what do you do with the body? <laughs> yeah, I just want you to know that Steve's Authentic Key Lamp Pies has uh, almost five-star rating on Yelp. So, <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to malign Steve. Steve didn't know. It's not his fault. Look, if this guy had taken me here to the pie place... Uh, when I was like in the mood for pie, maybe like after dinner or something, like let's say 9 p.m., a stroll down to get a frozen pie. Yeah, I would have been into that. Don't yeah, take I've no pie just... place on 2 p.m. on a hot day. No, thank you. Force yeah, me to eat just... pie. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> Let this uh, be a lesson to all of you who are lining up to date me. I'm very particular, apparently. <laughs> Wait, this is taking a great turn because it still has to do with key lime pie. But I'm looking. There's there's a review. It's 700 pages long. I'm not going to read it. But Steve responded to the 700 page review, which is a positive, very positive review. Um, <laughs> they Steve himself responded to the person, and he said, "You silver tongue devil, you, <laughs> Steve, you're cute." <laughs> Steve sounds like a great guy. Steve, call us. Call him to the show, please. Maybe we could have Steve on for our next week's episode. Key Lime Pie Part Duh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also doing Key Lime. Just when you thought there wasn't anything else to learn about your second favorite pie, Key Lime Pie. There is. Yeah. 
Also, I'm not a pie gal anyway, so you're going to have to go out of your way to convince me to eat a pie in the first place. We already know this. But look, I thought you would like key lime pie because I know that you don't like fruit pies. Like, you don't like wet crust surrounding mushy fruit. But to me, (laughs) I would have thought fruit pies. If I had to think pies, Nicole would like lemon meringue would be on there. Yeah, lemon meringue. That's not a key lime pie. Pecan. Pumpkin. Graham cracker crust to me is just it. You you see it. It doesn't look special. It looks like you bought it at the store. I don't know. I just I can't. I'm gonna tell you. I am gonna make a key lime pie. I make it really good. Sometimes I like to put a little rose water in the uh, key lime mixture. A little cardamom in the crust. If someone gives me a key lime pie, I'm gonna eat it. But I just I don't. I'm not gonna eat them in my like in my like solo time. I'm not gonna walk around Brooklyn and go pick up a little key lime pie on my day <laughs> not off. Not of yet. Work. You're not. What if someone smushes one into your face as a prank? Would you lick it off of your upper lip and nose? Yes, I would. It is a pretty good pie to smush into someone's face. Also, what are your feelings about banana cream pie? I'm assuming you do like it? I do like it. Same as Any custard pie. Mm-hmm. Boston like cream pie? Chocolate pie. Chocolate mousse chocolate, pie? Chocolate meringue pie is really good. Huh. Never had it. Didn't even know it existed. Really? It's just like a pudding pie. What about chicken pot pie? What about a savory pie, like a quiche? Yeah, I mean... Is quiche a pie? Quiche is pushing the limit for me personally. I I will eat a quiche, but it's not, like, my fave. Give me a frittata. (laughs) Quiche is kind of pie, though, isn't it? It's an egg pie. It's definitely a pie. Quiche is a pie. Now we know. Just when you thought this was going to be an episode about Florida, all of a sudden now it's an episode about pie and quiche. Um, Chicken pot pie, I'm down for. Um, My only complaint is that it's... Sometimes it's so hot, you know. Oh, like, yeah, you gotta watch you out. You break gotta blow open on that. the <laughs> You, you gotta, gotta blow on yourself. that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, what about turkey pot pie? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what about vegan pot pie? No, I wouldn't get. I wouldn't fuck with that at all. Um, okay, <laughs> what are your top three favorite things about Florida? Uh, okay, I like the Everglades. Mm. I'm cl- I'm including parentheses in here, so Everglades. Parentheses, airboats, gators, mm. the swamp situation. Sure. Um, I love the palm trees. You know, I'm still like a tourist. Every time I'm just like, people just go to the CVS and there's palm trees. Eventually, yeah, I guess you get used to it. But for me, it was still very charming to be like, I'm at the CVS and there's palm trees here. What the hell? A hundred percent. And um just like the the old Florida is what they call it, but just like all the old 1950s places that are still standing and the pastel colors of the buildings. And it's yeah. just, there's a magicalness there. And I, I agree. I, I, you don't got to convince me. I like Florida. Yeah. I had a great time. And I love St. Pete, even though it's like very lame. Um, I don't know that I've ever been there. It's lame. But I'm you wouldn't go have now. gone there probably to be like, oh my god, it's cool here. Although we did, I got some, the Goodwill there was out of this world. I bet. Oh yeah, thrifting. I mean, that I didn't have that on my list, but I'm going to go ahead and put an asterisk on your list, that thrifting. <laughs> and Florida <laughs> is amazing. Is it the best yeah. place to thrift in the whole country? I think so. Mm-hmm. I got a pair of Birkenstocks for $4. Get the hell out of here. Literally, get out of here. Hang up. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll see you later. I'm kidding. Stay. Tell I'm us your number one thing. No, no, my number one was the the last part. But I can what? add more. The ocean. Oh, wait. Just, so, okay. I'm sorry. Since you didn't put numbers next to them, I got confused. So your favorite thing fine. was... Number three was the Everglades. 
Number two was, you just said a bunch of things. They were not necessarily in numerical order, and that's fine. It's that's fine. That's fine. Tiny seashells. Okay. I love <laughs> many a thing about Florida. I'm going to go ahead and say that number three, I'm going to say three new things next week. Number three is the movie adaptation. What a film. <laughs> Beginning to end, it's exciting. It's unique. That Charlie Kaufman, what a nut. What Meryl Streep, Chris Cooper, he's missing his teeth, yet he's still very hot. Who knew? Um, number two, uh, America's most misunderstood sea blob, the manatee. Love, oh, yeah. Love manatees. I didn't see any manatees, unfortunately. I love manatees. And my number one favorite thing about Florida, I guess I'm going to have to go ahead and say... Um, I love this restaurant called Cap's Place, which I was thinking about doing as my uh, topic, but I didn't. It's like near Boca and it's this little tiny, I think I've even mentioned on the show before. It's this like little tiny restaurant. It's been there since like the turn of the century. You take like a little boat to it from your car. It doesn't, it's a very short boat trip. It's only like five minutes, but (laughs) you take like a little boat to it and it's like this old school bar from like the turn of the century and like uh, Churchill and FDR had like a meeting there or whatever at some point in history that was important. Um, and it's just cool. It just like has like family memories as if you're a list, if you're an avid listener of the show, I lived in Florida for when I like a year or two when I was a baby. And then um, my grandma lived in Boca. She was one of those people that like moved down to Boca in the seventies to like live the Floridian dream Um, You know, there was, like, a lot of Jews and non-Jews, but many Jews that went down to Florida in the 70s to just retire. And it was, like, exactly what you would imagine as true paradise. (laughs) True 70s paradise. Glam, glitz. Um, And so, anyway, I just ended up, like, going there all the time, all the time as, like, a kid and a teenager. Um, And I just have really fond memories of Boca. She had a beautiful apartment. My grandmother was an interior decorator, so her apartment was just so classy and perfect. And I have really great memories of Florida. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. I think it has its issues, but for the most part, it's great. I mean, look, it's easy to make fun of Florida. And I will a lot on (laughs) the next episode. (laughs) But you can make fun of any place. And I think I said this last week, but like being from Long Island, people make fun of where I'm from all the time. But, and that's fine. A lot of it is shitty. But like also, even if the whole place was shitty, like if you're from somewhere, it's cool to you. You know what I mean? There's charm everywhere. And I think that's like part of the thing. Yes, it's funny to make fun of Florida and like Florida man and this and that. And of course, if, you know, racist, awful people uh, exist in Florida and that's, not cool um yes that is very true that's that's also part of the history of florida yeah exactly that's very very bad obviously um but like there's also a thing of like elitism that exists in making fun of florida that like kind of bothers me a bit and it's just like ooh, florida you know what i think a lot of times people are thinking ooh, florida they're thinking of like poverty and poor people and like poking fun at that i don't think is cool you know what i mean yeah uh, so check yourself before you wreck yourself, Florida haters. Although there is a lot to hate. So I feel conflicted. <laughs> I'm torn. <laughs> like Natalie Imbruglia. Yes, exactly like Natalie Imbruglia, my, my patron saint. Um, but anyway, I'm going to do my topic next week because this has been riveting and taking up 
um, our all of our time. But my my story is one that is full of murder, intrigue, <gasps> suspicion, yes. cheese, bread, pipple. There's a lot. So if you don't know what it's about already by those clues, tune in next week to like, hear more. Uh- a pitbull or pitbull the artist you're gonna have to come back next week oh my goodness this will be the only thing other than the money i pay you each week i'm just kidding (laughs) i gave nicole a thousand dollars a week to join me on this podcast yeah and i I need a raise to live in indianapolis (laughs) (laughs) well i wish you a lot of luck as do we all and look if anyone has any leads about any apartments for your friend nicole give yeah fucking give her a hand yeah, if you can find an apartment for $1,000 in New York, I get, I'll get i live there even though it's just a toilet because that's what New York is like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you have a free toilet room for Nicole that will fit a single bed and a lot of vintage jeans, yes. uh, dial into the show. We don't have a phone number, but that doesn't mean that you can't no, try. write us a letter or send us a telegram. Sure, beep us. Oh, send yes, us page us. <laughs> send us a beep. <laughs> <laughs> we should get a show beeper if you want to get in touch with us here on the show send us a beep <laughs> yeah amanda if you could get on giving us a pager for the show that would be great amanda we're gonna need two beepers thank you by next week um do they still make them well yeah. you're you're gonna find out i guess no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> i, I think so me. i had one I had a beep or two and I would have to fucking, sometimes I, uh, this is the last thing I'll say. I'm sure we have to get off. I'm sorry, Amanda, we're going long. But um, <laughs> I remember getting in trouble all the time in high school and my mom would take my phone away. She would like unplug my personal phone and hide all the other phones in the house so I couldn't use the phone. And uh, I would sell my beeper so I would get beeped and then I would have to go and walk down to the nearest payphone, which was like <laughs> two miles away. <laughs> And I would call the person back, and most of the time they wouldn't even fucking pick up and be there. It was like an hour later. (laughs) (laughs) The early 2000s were a terrible time. Yeah, the early 2000s were quite rough. Late 90s, it was a very weird time to be a person. Um, Not like now and everything's normal. But anyway, uh, I love you. I can't wait for the Florida episode to keep keep on keeping on. Yeah. uh, We'll talk to you next week for part two of this riveting series on your favorite state, Florida. Pasta, pasta. Bye bye. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.